in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. darkness has not overcome it. Well, over the course of my life, I've been given a lot of really, really cool gifts. I mean, it goes all the way back to when I was a kid. I, I as a six-year-old kid, I was given a little mechanical robot. I mean, nothing like the stuff that kids get today. This was like clunky, had a long wire to it, this little thing. But, but I mean, I still remember it 50 years later. It bent over, it stood up, it walked. It, as I recall, it shook the whole house. I mean, it was, a, it was the coolest gift. I, I became a young teenager, and I'll never forget coming up the stairs of our home and Underneath the wonderfully decorated Christmas tree was this cherry red Yamaha Mini Enduro. You've got to be kidding me, right? Now, quite frankly, I was 13. I wanted a 250cc, you know, dirt bike. But, but a Yamaha Mini Enduro as a gift under a tree, not bad, right? It was a really cool gift. We'll never forget it. And, and as an adult, for one of my birthdays, my precious wife, Roxanne, got me the full... VHS series of the West Wing. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, the full series, VHS. For you younger people, a VHS was this big tape that you put in this clunky machine and it showed pictures on your TV. Crazy. It was, it was before Netflix. But that's something I would have never purchased for myself. It was a cool, cool gift. And the list of cool gifts could go on and on. But I've only received a few great gifts. And I mean great. The kind of gifts that, that, if I'm honest, I know I've been unbelievably privileged to receive because very few people would receive these kinds of gifts. When Roxanne and I were a young couple expecting our first child, Carissa, my parents sent us for Christmas a piano. I mean, a piano. We still have it to this day. And it, it changed our family's dynamic and it changed our kids' lives because all of them learned to play the piano. All of them have great creative gifts. And, and that gift truly did change the trajectory of their lives. It was a great gift. And, and then, I mean, as great as that gift was, it just pales in comparison. Um, we were a family of five. All of our children were around. Roxanne and I were just existing economically. We were in a small ministry in Florida and we had been renting for many, many years. And my parents took us out to eat one time. You, you might remember the restaurant. Do you remember Bill Knapp's? <laughs> Heaven's Waiting Room? You know? My, my, 
my parents took us there. By the way, everybody's gone to heaven. That's why Bill Knapp's closed, right? I mean, no one else goes. But they took us, they took us to Bill Knapp's, and they had purchased us a home. They gave us a house. Who gives people houses? I mean, it was unbelievable. They gave us, it wasn't a mansion, but it was a house. And to this day, and I'm being very serious, Roxanne and I live in the home we live in because of the investment of that equity. We were able to, you know, sell at the right times and repurchase and sell at the right time and all that. And, and that gift changed the trajectory of our entire lives. That was a great gift. But my two greatest gifts that I've ever received weren't gifts that someone could pay for with money and put under a tree. The two greatest gifts I've ever been given from other human beings, the first was the unconditional love and forgiveness that my parents gave me. And I'm going to tell you, it makes me emotional every time I think about it because I was, I was a mess-up kid. I was a mess-up. And I want you to know, I mean... The reason so many people come to Northridge Church is because when there's a pastor who's more messed up than you are, it really makes you feel good about your life, right? And I mean, that's kind of Northridge Church. I mean, I, I was a mess up. My dad was a very tough guy, and he was a lawyer, and he was a judge, and, and yet he spent many nights literally weeping through the night because of the pain and the hurt that I caused my parents. But the one thing they never withheld from me was love and forgiveness and that ultimately led to changing my life that's a great gift and one last great gift another human being gave me my my precious wife Roxanne said yes when I asked her to make me the happiest man in the world and you know what was really cool about it she said yes and I didn't promise to make her the happiest woman in the world isn't that phenomenal one way street it was I mean it was a great gift, and 35 years later, obviously, it's changed my life. She's raised me well. It's um, an amazing deal. As you can see from the list, for me, for something to be considered a great gift, it has to be something we don't have. It has to be something we really need. In fact, the more we need it, the greater the gift. The piano was a great gift, but the house, oh my gosh, greater gift, but the un conditional love and forgiveness of my parents the greatest gift right because I needed it so profoundly and desperately in my life so a great gift is something we don't have something we really need something we can't get on our own uh, Roxanne and I couldn't have got the piano or the house and I could have never earned in any way the kind of love and forgiveness my parents gave me and some of you have been searching for it forever because you just didn't experience the privilege of that and I know it's a privilege. And the last thing that makes something a really great gift is that it changes our lives in positive ways. I mean, it really does change your life. We can get cool gifts. The robot was cool. It didn't change my life. West Wing, it's cool. It didn't change my life. But great gifts change our lives, which leads me to the truth that we're going to base our entire worship on and our celebration this Christmas weekend on. And here's the truth. Jesus, the light of the world, is the greatest gift ever given by far. Ever given. I mean, that's the greatest gift. I mean, John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he showed it by giving the greatest gift ever, by giving his son. 
It's the greatest gift ever given. And what, what makes it such a great gift? Well, John 1, 4, and 5, I mean, just really puts it in perspective. In his son, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shone in darkness, but the darkness has not yet understood it. God gave this great gift, this gift of light. And isn't it sad? The world still lives in darkness, is ruled by darkness. Our lives are still ruled by darkness and relationships ruled by darkness. Why? It's not because God hasn't given the gift of light. It's because we haven't yet understood it. Some 2,000 years later, we're sitting around, you know, with Christmas trees and lights and presents and all that different stuff, but still having to explain the gift. It's the greatest gift ever given. And it's the greatest gift ever given because none of us have the light Jesus brings on our own. I mean, we don't have it. John 3, 19 makes it clear. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. I mean, none of us have it on our own. We have darkness, not light. Romans three twenty three: for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has darkness, but on our own, we don't have the light. It's the greatest gift ever given because we all desperately need the light that only Jesus can give us. I mean, we need this gift. Every single one of us does. We, we all don't need a piano. We all don't need a, a VHS series. In fact, none of us need a VHS series anymore. But we all need the gift of light. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. That's ultimate and absolute darkness. That's despair and sorrow and everything antithetical to what we long for. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God, something we all desperately need, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The more we need something, the greater the gift. This is our greatest need. The gift of Jesus, the light of the world, is the greatest gift by far ever given because it's a gift we can't get on our own, no matter what we try. Now, religion tries to tell us we can if you, if you do this and don't do that, if you are faithful to these rituals and, and you know, not faithful to doing these things, and if you stay true and you're good, if you measure up, then you'll, you'll have God's light. But if you don't, you won't. That's just, it's wrong. Because the light of God is something we can't get on our own. Look at Romans 3.20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous or good in God's sight, by observing the law, by keeping the rules. Rather, it's through the law that we become conscious of sin. Isn't that the truth? I grew up in a religious home and in a religious setting, and I'm going to tell you, going to church didn't make me feel better about myself. It made me feel worse about myself. They started laying out all the rules, and I say, I suck. I mean, it made me conscious of my sin, of my darkness. It really messed with my head. So you know what I did? I stopped trying. I'm too flawed. And you know people, you know people in churches, not here, of course. <laughs> but people in churches, they pretend like they are living up to the standard. And you sit with them, you go, oh, ugh. And you don't even want to be with them. If they're that good, they're no fun at a party, right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> And it's like you just, it's just a horrible thing. When, when you can't live up to it, you become conscious of your own sin. We can't get the light. The only thing I realize when people talk about perfection is how imperfect I am. Can any of you relate to this? First Peter 1, 18 and 19 tells us that 
There's only one way we can get it, and it's through his gift. For you know that it was not worth with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you generation after generation from your forefathers. You can't purchase it. You can't earn it. You can't get it on your own. The only way you can be redeemed from your darkness is with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And that word precious, if you really want to understand its definition, means priceless. We can't afford the gift. There's nothing we can offer to secure the gift. And yet God gave it to us. It's the greatest gift ever given. Some people can afford nice houses. Some people can afford a lot of different things. But you know what none of us can pay for? The light we so desperately need, forgiveness for our failures. And that's what Jesus came to give us. It's the greatest gift ever given. He positively changes our lives in ways nothing else can. Because see, things can change our lives on the outside. Some of us have grown up in impoverished families and we have turned that around and become economically prosperous and you've changed your outside. You, you wear different kinds of clothes and hang out with different kinds of friends and live in different kinds of homes and drive in different kinds of cars, the kind of cars I love to park next to because I don't care if I you know, hit your car. It's like it, I mean, we, we've changed the outside, But the inside remains the same because misery is constant regardless of what's happening on the outside if misery is within. Isn't that true? And so Jesus is the greatest gift ever given because Jesus does something nothing else can. Things can change the outside of our lives, but only Jesus can change us from the inside out. And you realize when he changes us from the inside out, what happens? Even if the world is dark around us, the light's still shining within It's the greatest gift ever given. And so I want to give you kind of an application, a a takeaway that will help us to move into the final parts of worship in our weekend celebration and and help you to move into your own Christmas celebrations. I mean, let's make sense out of this. I, I know that not everyone, you know, gets a piano given to them. I know not everyone, in fact, very few people get houses given to them, right? Some of you haven't even heard a word I said all during this talk since I said my parents gave me a house. You're still going, he got a house. What kind of parents give him a house? I know, I don't even get it. Look at I, I have three kids. And I'm going to tell you, Roxanne and I, even if we wanted to, couldn't afford to give our kids a house. But I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't want to give my kids a house. Why would I do that? I'd buy myself a bigger one. Forget about them, right? I mean, it's like... My parents gave me a house, and I know not everyone gets that. That's a privilege that very few have touched, but let me just tell you something. A house and a piano don't change your life. Oh, they can change whether or not you can teach your kids music or not, and they can give you shelter and all that different stuff, but it doesn't change you from despairing to hopeful. It doesn't change you from sad to joyful. It doesn't change you from feeling insignificant to significant. It just doesn't change you. And so a lot of us feel ripped off in life because we haven't had some of the privileges of others of us have. And, and I get that. But let me just tell you something. Because God gave his son, because God has given each and every one of us the great gift of his son, if we put our faith in Jesus, if we choose to unwrap his gift in our lives, none of us, 
ever has to walk in darkness again. Every single one of us can go from the darkness to the light because of this great gift. It was the greatest gift ever given, and it wasn't given exclusively to the privileged few. It was given to all of us, and all we need to do is unwrap it. Now, this is a great gift. John 12, 46, Jesus says, I've come into this world as light so that no one who believes in me should have to stay in darkness again. This gift's been given to you. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us how we can have it. And it's not by being churchy or religious. It's not by, you know, setting aside all the bad we've done and trying to be better because we can't earn it. No, there's only one way. And that's by receiving it. It's a gift. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by work so that no one will be able to boast. When someone brags that they have a relationship with God, you can know they don't have a relationship with God. You can't earn it. The people who have a relationship with God are the ones who know they don't deserve that relationship. They did nothing to earn it. In fact, he should have turned their back on him. But you know why he didn't turn his back on us? Because he turned his back on his own son. You see, it's our sin that Jesus was on the cross dying for. The wages of our sin is death and darkness. And it's our sin that caused God the Father to turn his back on his son And the reason all that happened was so that he'd never have to turn his back on us. You know when the one great gift we've been given in this world is the unconditional love and forgiveness of God. And you know what's so sad? So many of us haven't received it. We remain in darkness. But that can change right now. Before we go into the final celebration, I want to encourage you to unwrap the gift into your life. And so I'm going to pray. And I, if you'd just honor this moment and if you'd all pray with me, I, I want to encourage anyone here who's never, ever experienced Jesus' light within to pray with me. Take my words in this prayer and make them the expression of your heart to God in faith. You don't have to say it out loud. Just in your heart. Just say, God, I, I need your gift. I know what darkness is like and disappointment hurt and pain and betrayal. I know what shame is like and guilt is like and emptiness is like. But I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross to take my failures and shame and guilt away and you rose again to fill me with light. And so I confess my sin and in faith receive your gift. Change me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed with me, please let us know. Not only does it really encourage us to know that God used us to help you take a step of faith, but we've put together some information that can help you take next steps in your journey, and we just want to put it in your hands. And so we give you this program if you're in one of our services, and all you have to do, whatever campus you're at, is take this connection card out, fill it out, check off that circle at the bottom on that gold band and then there are boxes at every exit. Just throw it in the box and we'll send you this information and help you grow. And if you're watching online, just hit the what next button and we'll do the same for you. To set up worship, I have a question. What does it look like when we let the light of Jesus shine within us? 
I mean, how is life different? I mean, I, I know we say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I go to church at Christmas time, you know, and I do these different things. I was born this, or I was, I, I get it. I, but it's not our words. What, what is the difference in our lives when the light of Jesus is inside and not just on the outside? Well, let me share with you what God says. He paints both pictures in Galatians 5, 19 through 24. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. I mean, when someone is ruled by darkness within, I mean, they're trying to fill their life with all the junk, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. May I just say this? If you see this as the list of what describes someone on eHarmony.com, don't date them. That's darkness. That's darkness. And it, it really is, to varying degrees, what exists in all of us, isn't it, if we're honest? But look what happens when the light of Jesus shines within. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Those who truly have Jesus within are no longer defined by darkness. They're defined by light. Not perfection, but by his light. Christmas is not just a holiday. It's the difference between light and darkness. And celebrating Christmas isn't found in the words we say or the words we sing or the things we do. It's deeper than that. It's found in who we are on the inside. Are we defined by light or are we defined by darkness? It's found in how we live our lives. It's found in how we live our lives in the good times and the bad times. When we're empty within, we have to have great things happening around us at all times because when things turn dark and when things are difficult, what happens when we're empty within? Life becomes nothing but despair. This is why so many give up, paralyzed by darkness. But when you have the light of Jesus within, it doesn't matter how dark it is in your world. It doesn't matter how destructive the storms that raging are. When you have the light within, you can still have joy and peace and love and hope and contentment when the light's within. A great example of this is seen in one of the great Christmas carols of all time. We're going to sing it together this weekend. It's called Silent Night. The amazing song in the second verse says, the Son of God loves pure light. What a description of Jesus. But this song was inspired not in a moment that was a mountaintop experience. This song was inspired in a moment of difficulty, darkness, and despair. A moment that all of us dread. But for the author, Christmas was genuinely the difference between light and darkness. And it didn't matter how despairing the moment was because he had Jesus' light within. And so when the world was anything but silent and quiet and stress-free, he was able to write silent night, holy night, because he had the light inside. It's the light God's given us. Let's celebrate it together right now. Isn't this gorgeous seeing the light shine? And this is simply a metaphor 
of the gorgeous life that we can experience when he shines within. And when he does shine within, then he wants us to help spread the light to others like you just did with the candles. He's the light of the world, but when he's in us, you know what he said we are? The light of the world. And you know what happens in a place of darkness when the light is shining? It brightens up. Let's celebrate Christmas by being the light of the world this year, by letting Jesus shine within. That's how we say Merry Christmas. You can blow your candles out. In fact, we really wish you would blow your candles out. That would be very helpful to us. And it was a cool moment when I came out because usually after a song like that, you guys want to clap and you couldn't figure out how to do it. It's like, it was like, ah. So only people with dentures could kind of clap. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to say something new every service, and you just got the worst of me. I'm really apologizing. If, you, if you're a guest, thank you so much for coming and being a part of our Christmas service. If you're a part of the Northridge family, Roxanne and I and our family want you to know what a privilege it is for us to be a part of this family. And it's now 24 years we've had the privilege of being a part of this family. And every year... For those 24 years, we have given a Christmas card to our church family, and this year's no different. Our guest service team will be handing it out. You can get it as you leave. We hope that you will, but this year, by the whole virtue of 24 years, we've celebrated it by putting pictures in here that kind of show our family through the years. It's embarrassing, quite frankly, um, but... We hope that you'll take one to know how much we love and appreciate you and that maybe you'll keep it and pray for us during this year as we pray for you because together we really can be the light of the world. Merry Christmas.